0: it's all connected this is the russjohnson.com podcast hey 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 baby it is russ johnson and it's all connected at russjohnson.com you know one of my favorite things on this podcast is becoming to be interviewing people because i'm interested in knowing how other people think on the spiritual realm i want to know what they're experiencing Because, see, I think everything is connected. I believe all religions are connected. I believe there's only one energy, and we're all connected. And it's interesting how each of us have come to our ways of understanding. Well, today's guest, he's originally from Michigan, now residing in Phoenix, Arizona. His name is Jeston Williams, and he is the host of the Hidden Gateway podcast. He's the executive director for nonprofit Tangelic. He's also an author of In the Eye of the Father, a memoir about faith and redemption, and he's also working on another book called Hidden Gateway of Knowledge. And oh my goodness, y'all, this was such a fun conversation. I mean, we start out with one of his passions, which is talking about helping the homeless, and then we quickly dived into talking about an amazing technique for meditation called the gateway meditation And it's interesting, to say the least. It's a form of meditation which our very own government invested in that aims to induce an altered state of consciousness and facilitate communication with higher realms. You heard me right. Let's dive right in with Geston Williams. Before we dive into your fascinating out-of-body experiences, which is one of the main things that attracted me to you, and the Gateway Experience Meditation... Um, tell me about your involvement working with poverty and the homeless, my degrees in social work. So I've always had an open heart for those that are less fortunate. And so what is your role and how did you get involved with that?
1: Absolutely. So helping the homeless is definitely something that's very close to my heart. Um I had an experience back in the late nineties, early two thousands, uh with my brother. Uh, you know, obviously a very close family member. Uh he was uh had substance abuse issues and this at this time we were living in Michigan and uh you know my mom had just got fed up, couldn't have him in the home anymore, a lot of bad things going on, him selling her stuff, etc., to get money to buy dope. And so she kicked him out and he, he uh hitched out west to California. And I uh, hadn't seen him for many, many years. And then when I became of age, I went out there to visit him. Um, at this point, he had been clean and sober, got his life together for several years. But he uh, he took me down to where he lived, uh, a place that you may be familiar with in L.A. called Skid Row. And uh, totally blew my mind when he told me, when he showed me where he lived. And I could not believe it. And he told me he used to live on the beach as well. And uh, just seeing all those people for blocks and blocks and yeah. blocks set up living on the it's street terrible. in cardboard boxes, yeah changed my life. It is horrible. Yeah, it really is. And from that point forward, I was in my my early 20s, early to mid 20s, I believe. Yeah, early 20s. It was my early 20s. And from that point forward, I said, uh, you know, I'm going to do what I can do for the remainder of my life to to help people that are in these uh, these types of situations. So um, for
0: you, man, big heart, big heart. Yeah.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So got back to Michigan and I I just started, you know, volunteering you know, my time at, at homeless shelters and, 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 and meal places to help them out, boxing food, et cetera. Uh, then I moved to San Diego, California in 2012 and, and got involved with some outreach with my church at the time. And uh, from there, uh, just did other stuff in the community. Just every time I would see homeless people, I'd go up and pray with them or pray for them, give them food and, and just, just support them.
0: Do we know how many people are homeless in the United States?
1: Wow, oh, man, I, I believe it's up to about uh, uh, probably a half a million. Something like that, right around there. Yeah, and and
0: um, I wonder what the number of children are.
1: That's the sad thing, man. I think the children, the families are actually underreported, you know. Uh, but there are a lot of children, obviously that are that are homeless uh, with their families, and then on their own as well, right? And the the horrible thing about children that are living on the streets on their own, um, hmm. there are. They, they can get caught up in the wrong type of lifestyles. I'm talking about horrible demonic things like child sex trafficking and, and those type of things, unfortunately. So
0: now, what do you think the answer is?
1: Wow. You know, that, that's a great question. I, I get asked that a lot. Um, and it's, I mean, we could literally spend the next 48 hours discussing that, but I, I think it comes down to healing. I believe a lot of it uh, starts in the home as well, um, with educating parents on how to, um, you know, be better parents, um, because a lot of times, uh, you know, you, you have different subsets. Different where, where do routines. we start that? Um, you know, <laughs> ideally, I think it, it starts with nonprofits like myself and and even in the education system. But I, I'm really to this point, though, I'm losing a lot of confidence in the education system because, in my opinion, unfortunately, they're, they're teaching things that kind of go against what, what I fight for. So,
0: you know. Oh, man, we, we're not talking about we could talk about that for forty eight hours, for heaven's sake. What they teach <laughs> in shit is really ridiculous. Our wow, system man. is insane. Yeah. But Okay, so let's get into this now. Yep. What is gateway meditation? Wow,
1: gateway meditation is something that is absolutely phenomenal that I started about two and a Never half heard years ago. That is phenomenally, yeah, it's phenomenally changed my life. So there's this guy. Uh, he's passed on now. His name was uh, Robert Monroe. And okay. In the from, 70s, the sound,
0: from the from the does the frequency sounds.
1: Yeah, yeah, same yeah. guy. Okay, he, yeah, same guy, same guy. He he created the gateway experience. Absolutely. So in the seventies, and uh, he yeah he is a very well off man too you know he's a, a very success, highly successful businessman and back in the seventies he started messing around with these beats and they're called by beats. and what it is it's a hemi sync meditation so when you when you wear airpods or earbuds, you have one beat sound wave going into your left a different one going into your right and then once they kind of meet up in your brain if you will it it creates a third sound wave, and that third sound wave sinks the left and right hemisphere of the brain, and that puts you in a super, super relaxed state, which then causes you to have these out-of-body experiences and receive downloads and all this other type cool stuff.
0: Interesting. So did you get this from, for anyone that wants to experience this, you can uh, get the Expand app and this thing is pretty uh, phenomenal. Is that what you use to get these experiences?
1: No, no, I don't, I don't use the expand app. So I, I recommend for people to, you know, I started off with finding the meditations on YouTube. Um, since then I've made connections with people at the, uh, the Monroe Institute and I have people that I connect with and, and different things and, and they supply me with, with different, the different series of meditations. But for, for anyone starting out, um, uh, I definitely recommend to do with them, do it what I did. Just go on YouTube because the meditations are very expensive if you get them from the Monroe Institute. I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to get them all. So um but they they're available for free, for free online.
0: Got it. And so you are the same ones that you would find on the expand app or on YouTube or wherever. Do you have one that uh you would recommend in particular that um yeah, might be super powerful?
1: Well, I, I definitely. Well, so you have to start off um, at the beginning. Right. So the first one is called the gateway gateway experience. And that is the one with Monroe himself. It's about 30 to 45 minutes. they they all are guided meditations. And he at the very beginning, he gives you a breakdown of what to expect and, and how to specifically go about um, tells you what to do to have your to have an experience. So it's 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 really cool.
0: Did you have the experience right away or did you have to practice this for a while?
1: No, no. I practice. I practice. So the very first time I did it, 2020, I'm sitting at home like the rest of the world, right? Due to uh, the, the events of 2020. And um, I, I go in my closet. This was my sacred space, right? I I have all these uh, different things set up in there. This is around this time I got really involved in Archangel, specifically uh, Archangel Metatron, and got involved in qu- doing crystal work, et cetera, and sage and all this good stuff. So, so I go in my closet and I'm in there for about 45 minutes doing the meditation and, you know, first time meditating meditating I never meditated before but I come out and then all of a sudden I see all of these red uh sacred ge- uh sacred geometry uh figures all around my room they were everywhere like literally, I mean everywhere I saw them on my wife I saw them on the walls on the windows on the floor it was it was phenomenal it was amazing it,
0: were you using the the um... Uh, like with binaural beats there, I had a, a, a unit that I bought years ago that came with an, uh, a headset that had the lights flashing in it. Or, or did you use anything no. like that?
1: No, no, sir. All I had was my, my, my earbuds and, uh, yeah, in and, and just had the meditation so plate.
0: When you say you saw it, what did it look like? You said you saw so, it everywhere.
1: Yeah, so they were about. Uh, let me see. Uh, so imagine a a paper plate, right, or a styrofoam plate that you get from like you know the the market or something like that. Okay. Um, they were about that size, maybe a bit smaller actually. And they were sacred geometry, sacred geometry figures, yeah.
0: just different shapes, everywhere. All, all those different shapes, or was it all shape? the
1: different shapes. All they all the, not no no two were alike.
0: So yeah. you you had never seen these shapes before, but all of a sudden, never. oh wow! And now you yeah. can identify them.
1: Yeah, I know what they look like. I'm very familiar with sacred geometry now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm not very. I have little dice and stuff that have them all over them, but I haven't uh, memorized this stuff. I have a Metatron that hangs on the wall. But outside of that, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of experience with. What do you how do you think and compare this to other meditations?
1: Well, you know, I, you know, starting the the Gateway experience was my very first meditation. In the two and a half years since I began meditating, I have experimented with other meditations, um, all HemiSync by Neurobeat meditations um, that are outside of the Gateway, and I found a couple that are, are really solid. Actually, I've had some pretty phenomenal experiences with with other uh, HemiSync meditations as well. Uh, but you know, obviously, I'm a bit biased to the to the Gateway because that's where I started, and that's the one that I've had the most success with.
0: Do you think there are any dangers to like, listen, I listen to, to binaural beats and frequency music. I don't listen to normal people's music. I'm a little bit weird in that way. All day long I'm listening because I'm, you know, I think that, that those, these sounds help raise my vibration. I actually noticed right. how people treated me differently when I started listening yeah. to this stuff regularly. Do you think yeah. that like, I wonder, I've been doing this now for about three years, all day, every day, pretty much everywhere I go. You know, and I'm wondering uh, if I would have any type of withdrawal type stuff because if I stop doing this every day, and I haven't yet, and uh, you know, because when I'm not doing it, I reckon, oh yeah, I need to pop these on. I could feel a little bit better if I just pop that on. Do you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying?
1: <laughs> I know what you're saying. That's and that's a great question. And you know, my, my thoughts on that is it's it's you know, when you're dealing with meditations and out of body experiences and the spiritual world, etc. there's really no one size that fits all. Now, for me personally, you know, I've gone periods of time where I haven't meditated, right? And I never personally found myself, you know, lowering my vibration. I still feel good, I still feel the same, etc. And I'm gone maybe up to a month, you know, without without mm-hmm. meditation. And then when I when I get back into it, hey, I'm it's like I never left. Right. I'm, I'm having these experiences once again. Um, but again, you know, I don't think it's a one size fits all. It's so unique. And the experiences you can have are are authentic to each person and, and infinite within the universe.
0: How do you think the gateway has uh, impacted your spiritual life? Oh, my
1: goodness, Russ, that's a great question. It's I mean, I've gone through a spiritual death and a spiritual rebirth. You know, um, as, as I talk about in, in my book, you know, I experienced a lot of trauma in my youth at the hands of my father. Right. My father was an alcoholic and also a a former Marine and he used to whip on my brother and us. I mean, like traumatized. He was trying to beat you into shape. Yes. Yes. I mean, traumatized abuse. I mean, you know, I would, he would, you know, and this is the early eighties, right? Late seventies, early eighties. He would had one of those big four inch thick leather belts with the huge buckles on them from back in the day. He would wrap those around my neck and drag me through the house. Oh my God. Um, He poured uh, hot boiling oil over my head when I was uh, about 11 years old in sixth grade. So it was a lot of traumatic experiences. You know, those those experiences really caused me one to to shut down. Um, He was very controlling. So I grew up um, not knowing how to communicate because he (laughs) because I couldn't communicate. I wasn't allowed to communicate. His mantra was a child is to be seen and not heard. You know, so this caused me to become an introvert as a kid as well as an adult. And this caused issues in my life as a kid, as, as well as when I became an adult with in relationships and, you know, on the job, et cetera, things like that. I, I never learned how to set boundaries for myself. I was a people pleaser, you know, and, and I found myself dealing with a lot of anxiety as well, you know. And and I, I knew I had these issues, but I didn't address them. And, and looking back on it, hindsight is twenty twenty. I didn't know how to address them, sure. you know. I, and I, it, it caused this buildup of toxic energy and anger as well. So sure. fast forward to 20 2020 when I start doing these these uh these meditations and having all of these phenomenal experiences it was actually a, a like a healing for me as well because it allowed me to observe myself and understand what I was going through and I start receiving these downloads and I start working with archangel metatron and and I start to vibrate higher right and and then that that part led me to learn how to control fear. I was very fearful for for the majority of my life. I really was. Um, One thing I was led to do, which I said I would never do, was go skydiving. I was led by the spirit to go 20,000 feet in a plane and jump. And I did it. And it was mm-hmm. a phenomenal experience, but, but that taught me how to control fear. Now, fear obviously will still, still try me, but I don't let it control me any longer. And I learned a lot about fear as well. I learned that fear is a bully and fear actually fears. Fear fears not being able to make you fear any longer. And so once I learned that, it clicked and I, I I took the bull by the horns and it completely changed my life. I started a podcast, which I think the father has been been very successful. But if you would have told me three years prior that you would have a podcast and write a book and, you know, open up to the world in those two different outlets, I'd be like, you're crazy. No, not
0: me, not happening. What was your first thought when you you wanted to do the podcast for what reason?
1: Well, I was led by the spirit to do it. So I started those meditations and the spirit spoke. It How was that, that intuition, yeah. that that inside, ah. you know, that thing, that voice inside that says, you need to do this. Mm. And I, of course, I fought that, man. I fought it for a while. I fought it for a while. But then it just got stronger and stronger. And it got to the point where... I had to do it. I just knew it was was one of I, my colleagues. I love so that
0: you talked about intuition because I, I, I certainly think it's connected to that. When you say you were, you were feeling pulled, what was that? I mean, what what was happening that made you feel that way?
1: I mean, you know, uh, synchronicities, right. Where, um, <laughs> you know, I would, <laughs> I would, uh, I would think about the, keep keep on thinking about the podcast. And then I had a friend say, Hey, you ever thought about starting a podcast just randomly out the blue. And then my wife goes, you know what? Um, such and such my friend or, or whoever, they just started a podcast not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So it just kept coming and coming up and coming up. And every time it would come up, I would hear like inside this voice saying, see, I'm trying to tell you something. I told you I'm trying to tell you something, you know, and it just had that 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 energy pull on me, man. and, And I just I couldn't resist it any longer.
0: Do you think there's been any or do you recognize any negative effects from it?
1: No, for me personally. And, you know, one thing that I do and. During the guided meditation in the very first, uh, very first series of the meditation, uh, Monroe's on there. He tells you what to do. Right. He tells you to do a few things. He tells you to ask for help along your journey from those greater than you with more experience in it. So you literally have to say that. And then he also tells you, imagine yourself encompassed by a white light, a white divine light. So you do these things to 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 to. To protect you, it's almost as as if you're putting on your putting a shield, your body of armor, if you yeah. will. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Because as we know, once you get out into that spiritual world, man, having these out of body experiences, you see all types of things. You have all types of experiences, oh, and so you need that pr- protection from the divine and uh, the source itself, as well as divine. Give beings.
0: me an example of something that happened
1: that was um, scary. Ooh, all right, so. Uh, I have two examples. Um, I, I'll start with this one first. So um, I, I actually have three. They'll be real quick, though. So uh, this f- first example um, I saw, um, I, I, you know, I, I got deep into the meditation and then um, I then at that point, it came a point where I knew I was out of body Then all of a sudden I see this tall tree man like a tree-like figure. And this thing was about probably eight or nine feet tall. And it looked like a tree. But this guy, it looked like an African warrior, right? And that was what it reminded me of. And then I see a very close family member next to this guy. And this thing was holding, holding my family member. And my family member was crying, scared, and and in fear. And then I kind of started to freak out a little bit. And then this thing like reached for me to strike me, like stab me or punch me. And I freak out. And I called on Archangel Michael Metatron. And I kid you not, Russ, out the corner of my eye, I saw Angel swoop in going about 5,000 miles an hour. He was traveling so fast, made contact with this thing. And it wasn't even a fight. This thing just disappeared. And then my family member was was freaked. And then another time I saw what I believe was the Whore of Babylon. I was out of body. There's this woman in front of me, very shapely in in appearance, and I'm moving towards her. She turns around and looks at me, and her face was the ugliest, nastiest thing I have ever seen. And I'm not a person that gets kind of like freaked out, like, easily. Right. I'm pretty cool, calm, and collected. That's just my demeanor. But I was like, whoa. And then once I had that emotion, you know, she just, she just disappeared. Now, go go ahead. I was just going to say, last but not least, I had this experience where um, we're on a, it was a Saturday morning. I typically do my, my meditations at night, usually around 10, 11 o'clock at night. Sometimes as late as midnight. And uh, I go in my closet, my sacred space. um, But and I did it Friday night. I wake up Saturday morning. I was led by the spirit to do another meditation. I thought that was really weird. Like, why am I being told to do it? And again, I thought I'm not doing it. But again, the spirit pulled on me and said, Justin, go in your closet, do another meditation. So I get up out of bed. It's about eight in the morning and uh, I go into my closet. I go to lay down. I keep a pillow in there because I lay down on my back when I meditate. I noticed my pillow wasn't in there. So I go back in my room to grab another pillow. And then my wife is up by that time. And and when I was coming out, uh, when I I first went in the closet, I was told that I'm going to Utah. And I said, going to Utah. I was like, okay. So I come back out and get the pillow. And my wife, for whatever reason, said, well, where are you going? It's like she knew I was going in my closet, but yet and still she asked me where I was going. And I just looked at her and said, babe, I don't know, but we'll see. So I go in my closet. The meditation starts. Monroe comes on. After about 20, maybe 30 minutes, I get into this deep-stated Relax. Meditation. I go out of body. I am then at a lake. It is wintertime. Snow on the ground. Trees are covered with snow. Cold outside. Off in the distance, right at the edge of the lake, I see this guy. He's naked, cold, and afraid. He's crying. I then approach him. I say, what's going on? All right. And, And again, this isn't like I'm talking like we're talking. This is like a almost like a telepathy type conversation, right? Uh And he tells me that he's having some issues with his, 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 uh, his daughter's, his son's mother. And, uh, they've been going back and forth and she's going to kick him out and he won't be able to see his kids and all this stuff. And this stuff has been going on a long time. And he said, man, I'm just going to end it all. Doesn't know how to swim. He said he's just going to jump in the lake, right? And, And he was, and that was it. So, I said, no, I talk him down. And and then something very interesting happened to Russ. I know he was cold. And so I did this thing and I don't know what I did or how I did it. I just thought that I needed to warm him up. So I was able to transfer my energy to him, which helped keep him warm. And then I told him to call the police and he didn't want to call the police. I finally told him to call the police. He finally did it. And then so the meditation was going on and on. I'm just sitting uh, just there talking life into him. And then I hear Monroe come back on. Right. So I'm like, damn, I know the meditation's about to end. I know I'm going to be back in my body when this meditation ends. So right before it ended, I see the police, several police cars coming to the lake to help him. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Now it's OK for me to go. So, boom, I go come back in the body, go back into my room, tell my, tell my wife what happened. She's like, oh, my God, really, really, really? I said, yes, babe, that's what happened. So fast forward about two weeks later, very good friend of mine. It's like a brother. known this guy over 20 years. He tells me, hey, Justin, this is this guy I know. I want you to help him out, kind of be a mentor to him. I want you guys to schedule a Zoom call. I say, okay, cool, man. You know, that's what I do, right? It's one of the things I do to help people. And uh, we schedule the time. We get on the Zoom. He comes on the screen. Russell was the exact same guy that I saw at the lake. The wow. exact same guy. And then, so I didn't. Of course, I'm just kind of freaking out. I'm not gonna. Go, I'm not. Didn't tell him. Hey, man, I think I saw you like two weeks ago at the right. lake. You know, I never bought. Right, right. And I'm like never gonna bring it up to him. Right. I'm just not gonna do it. But my friend told him. My friend wound up telling because I told my friend of my experience. So like a few days later, he says to me, "Hey, man. So Keith told me that we me, we may have met before, and my eyes just got Why? I was like, uh, yeah, man, I've seen you before. He was like, yeah, that was me. So he tells me about this story. He lived in Texas and him, his kid and his girl, they moved to Washington State and they stopped in Utah at the lake. And he was considering ending his life. Not about that? Yes. And now and, 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 and he was homeless. He became homeless soon after that. Uh, he lived like in the woods in his van for, for a bit. He didn't have a job, all these things. So now this is about two years ago. So now um, him, he and I have become very close. Um, he is now has a job he loves and his wife wouldn't let him see his kids. Now he has his kids three days a week. He has a great job. He has a place to live. His wife is completely turned around. And uh that experience, I'm not saying I did it. Is but- that
0: the experience that turned it around for you? Was that the one or was there just multiples because it was just so awesome? But was it that experience in particular that put you on this path, you think?
1: Well, I don't think it was that, but that experience was very special to me because that was the point where I realized how powerful things can be. And I'm not going to see how powerful I am, but how powerful things can be when you when you work
0: and vibrate now, high. For me, it shows how everything's connected. Right, just that every. That's the name of my podcast, and I can definitely see from everything you just described. Would you say it feels like uh, when you're in the experience, in the meditation, that it feels real, or does it feel like a dream?
1: It feels real. It feels real.
0: As if when you say you leave your body, you can. Can you sense your body? you sense it you see it or is it like you're an energy
1: um, more so like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an energy now I did have experience just one time last year where I actually saw my body after I left my body that's the only time that has happened but uh nine times out of ten it's it's, it's an energy it's I can I'm aware that my spirit has left my body and and gone somewhere else.
0: Do you think everyone's capable of doing this?
1: Well, um, those that are human, yes. Those that are human. And that's a whole other conversation. I don't believe that everyone you see walking around this earth with uh, two arms and two legs are are necessarily human. But uh, those that are human and and have a soul, yes, I do believe that.
0: Can you see that? Can you tell the difference?
1: No, no, I can't. No, I can't. But you know what? I'll tell you something interesting. I I interviewed a guy named Tom Campbell. He's the author of uh, My Big Toe. And uh, he's a former NASA scientist. And uh, he was actually a protege of Monroe back in the 70s when he was in college, like his freshman or sophomore year in college. And Monroe taught him everything. And this guy's in his 70s now and has been having these OBEs for forever. Right. And he, he told me he can tell. In fact, he told me uh, that one time he went to another world that was very similar to ours and was gifted uh, an avatar, a body, wow. you know, where his spirit was able to. Being in another body but he, i've heard this but he said that was such a special experience and that was gifted by the creator of the universe like the like god had to approve that you know <laughs> so what, what, said, oh,
0: do, what do you think is happening do you believe your consciousness is leaving and going to a different realm or how's this working you
1: think? No, i think i think it's all where it's all connected i think we have parts of our energy everywhere everywhere yeah. Yeah, that's what I I really believe. I believe that um, before we get here, we 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 write our experience before we get here. So you know, and this is something I I thought or pondered on a few months ago, like with deja vu, right, where you're somewhere and you think, "Wow, this person looks familiar. I've experienced this before." And during a meditation, I received this download from the divine that specifically told me what deja vu is. And so, again, I mean, you go back and you talk about you writing your experience before you get here. And of course, you're the author of the experience. And once you're here, you can change it. You're right. You can change what it is you pre-wrote. But when we have that deja vu moment, it's simply us remembering what we scripted before we got here. That's why it's so familiar to us.
0: That's a beautiful way of looking at it. It really is. Do you think that um, there's or are there any proof scientifically of this happening? This is actually happening to people, different patterns in the brain, maybe EKGs showing that there's a change in all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I believe there is. I believe there is. And I can't pinpoint specific studies, but, you know, I've interviewed a, a lot of different scientists, um, on my show and we've discussed this very thing. And, um, the scientists and, and government, they're well aware. They're well aware. And, in fact, when, when we talk about Mo- Robert Monroe and the, in the Gateway experience, he was, uh, Monroe back in the, uh, seventies was paid a visit by the U.S. Army because they heard of what he was doing. Right. And they, they paid him a visit and had, had, uh, they had him teach them everything. And what they did, they turned around and weaponized it and they'd start doing remote viewing and um, on the Russians and the Chinese. Right. Um, mm. You know, and they started doing that. In fact, the CIA, I tell people all the time, you know, look it up, go to the CIA website. You can the, the uh, documents were uh, declassified roughly 10 years ago. They're there. They're, they tell about everything they did. You know, yeah,
0: this remote viewing stuff is also fascinating to me. What do you what? How would you respond to someone who's skeptical about this?
1: Well, you know, I get that all the time. In fact, I was in conversation with someone uh, not too long ago, actually over the weekend about this, about remote viewing, because I do, I did have one remote viewing experience as well when I was laying in bed at night. And then I found myself looking into my bathroom, you know, and I, I wasn't <laughs> sure what it was. But I was like looking in my bathroom and it was like it looked like infrared <laughs> where it's dark and a little green. But I could see even though it was dark. It was really interesting. Uh, but, you know, people that that are skeptical, I mean, I get it, right? Uh, because people are programmed. We've been programmed since the day we came out of our mothers, right? To believe a certain way. We're programmed by our parents. They're our first programmers and we're programmed by the education system. And then a lot of people, if they're into church, they get programmed by the church. And people just stay in that programming and they refuse for whatever reason to think outside the box. They think that this little world here is is it. And even some people believe, well, when when this body dies, that's it. There's no no nothing, you know. Um, and you know. And that's fine, what, what they believe. I'm not condemning them or, or anything it is like if that's, that. If
0: that's where you are, that's where you are. I exactly. Mean,
1: you know, exactly. I encourage that,
0: that. you to think a little more, though.
1: Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but like you said, I love how you said, if that's where you are, that's where you are. That's just where they are on their journey. This is what they yeah. scripted before they got here to be where yeah. they are in this moment.
0: It's fine. It doesn't you know, ultimately it doesn't matter. It's, you're not going to die. Eternity's a long time. You have a long yeah. time to get it right. If you need more time, you have plenty.
1: So exactly,
0: exactly. What is your main message? What would you like to share with us or others who might be interested in exploring the gateway experience or if it's helping the homeless or whatever? What's your message?
1: Well, you know, one thing that I always tell people is to um, have an open mind and, uh, you know, try to break free of the programming. And I tell them what I was told back in San Diego right around 2015, and that is nothing is as it seems. And that is something that came to heart and has stuck with me ever since. And, that the father has proved that to me over and over again since 2015. That is kind of when I start to really go down the rabbit hole, if you will. Um, and, and, and besides that, um, learn to love, right? And th- that is something that's very important. And love starts with self. A lot of people out here are hurt and a lot of people need healing. I think probably 99% of the people at some point have been traumatized in their life. You know, a lot of people think they have it together. I thought I had it together. And then, you know, my life took a shift, but, um, start with loving yourself, learn to love yourself, get the healing you need, and then move forward and love and help others. Uh, the, the greatest reward that you can give yourself in life is doing for humanity.
0: I totally agree, man.
1: And, and that is the truth. Like, you know, people can have these careers and have these titles and have this, this life, but really ask yourself, what are you doing for humanity? What are you doing for others? Yeah, that's where we have to
0: get. Eventually, we all have to come to that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Two more questions for you, my friend. What do you believe happens when we die?
1: Oh, that's a good one. So I I believe we go on to another experience simply is that, um, you know, I do believe that some people come back here for whatever reasons. Um, I think that we've been here uh, forever, not meaning this earth, but in in existence, just like the Father has, because we are a part of Him. And I am a firm believer in, in that we are all just an extension of God. Uh, spirits having a human human experience. I think that we go back to the Father and, and 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 have a talk. You know, it's possible that we have a talk and we talk about those experiences. I don't believe in this heaven or hell um, thing that that religion has has put up on people. And I, this is a guy that was raised in the church went to church three, four times a week as a kid, you know, in fact, my mom is a, a my mom is a licensed evangelist. Yeah. You too. uh, Yeah. Yeah, man. She, she, she is, she's, she's heavy in the church, man, but I don't, I don't subscribe to that anymore. So I think when we live, we just go on to another experience, my friend, another, and, and you know, who knows what that is, but there's no such thing as death because we've been around forever. Just, just like the father.
0: I love it yeah man how can people find you
1: well so I have my, my website thehiddengateway.com um, I also have uh, you know you can find me on Instagram as well Facebook Twitter all the social media platforms uh, I have my podcast under your name yes sir yes sir J J S S T O N Williams uh, Justin Williams absolutely And uh,
0: oh man this has been so much fun Justin I really do appreciate you joining me today and we're going to have to do this again I would love to have you come back sometime that'd be great You know, this spiritual stuff is deep, y'all, and it's nothing to be afraid of, It's something to explore. It's all connected. So, hey, look, regardless of your religious beliefs, whether you identify as a Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Buddhist, Taoist, indigenous, atheist, or any other faith, I want to hear what you think. I want to know what you believe. What do you think happens when we die? Tell me about it. 864-259-2599. That's the number to call. 864-259-2599. Just note that your call will be recorded and likely aired on this podcast. I might even call you and have you on the show. Well, that's it. It's all connected at RussJohnson.com.